When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. If it's Monday, it is Maester class. This week, I'm joined by Professor Valerie Garver of Northern Illinois University. Dr. Garver specializes in early medieval France with specific interest in childhood in the medieval period. Today, she answers a listener question about that very thing. Here's Val. This is irregular. Uh, yes, well... I suppose that life is irregular. Val, Raymond writes in and asks, in Clash, Bran is a child, but he's also functioning as the Lord of Winterfell. In such an office, would a child like Bran be allowed to play with other children, play with toys, pets, and the like? Or would someone like this have been forced to act as an adult? Also, what sorts of toys would a boy of nine play with? Oh, I love this question. Um, so one of the things I'd say that's difficult is we don't always have a lot of descriptions of how children played. A lot of the evidence comes from things like archaeology or images that mm. survive in things like manuscripts, especially in the early modern period. We start to get paintings. There's a famous painting by Peter Bruegel of children playing that's mm. just a like really rich source for how children played. And we get sort of like offhand. And, right, can you spell that name? Oh, sure. So it's Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R, and the last name's Bruegel, B-R-U-E-G-H-E-L. Okay, cool. And does the uh, the piece have a title, or is it just... Gosh, I think it does. Um, I think if people did an image search for that name and children playing, yeah. Exactly. If you put Peter Bruegel, the name, and then you put children playing, it's going to come up. It's a very well-known um or like it's early modern painting so it's not medieval but it's early modern but it's we think uh, medievalists think that a lot of these toys existed in the middle ages too partly because we get these sort of like offhand descriptions like for example like in literature sometimes you'll get like an offhand mention of someone playing say with a doll or with a hoop Mm. something like that so the evidence is not like super clear in a way like i mean what we wish we had or you know, things like people writing a description of their own childhood and they say, oh, I remember when I was a child, I really loved to play, you know, X, Y, Z. We have these descriptions in the modern period, but people didn't really write stuff like that down. So it's hard to say with like certainty, like how did 
children who were, say, lords or kings or even queens, because we definitely have cases of that too, how did they play? But it seems like they would have. Um, even though they would not have had the same kind of like ideas that we have about child development and that play is a way of learning, it's like they also knew that play is a way of learning. So dolls are really old toys. And so this idea that you uh, learn how to take care of yourself and take care of others by playing with a, a doll is, I think, quite old. And some boys, especially like, um, you know, like Bran would have had to, um, had he been um, able to, they would have engaged in kinds of play that prepared them for warfare. And you do get this sense, like with Bran, that it's really important that he be able to ride the horse. You know, Tyrion mm. provides him with that special harness, and that's very important to him. And the idea that he could still shoot bow and arrows, that comes up as something important um, to his sort of like masculine identity, his identity as a lord. Uh, and so we have descriptions, like even from the early Middle Ages, there's a great description of a guy named Gerald of Orlac, who was a aristocrat. And in his um, life, which was written by a man named Odo of Cluny, it's actually available in a translation um, to English. He describes how Gerald played as a boy. And he kind of is at pains to say he was like really good at the games that boys mm. play to prepare for warfare. Like, And he talks about how he has to jump over things and learn to ride a horse and play at various things. So they definitely had an idea in the Middle Ages that play is a form of preparation. So I think we can safely assume that even if someone was a lord at a very young age, that there would have been an expectation that they could also engage in play. But the questioner's correct. Um, Raymond, I think, was the name. Raymond's correct yeah. that, uh, yeah, they would have to act like adults sometimes. They would sort of be forced to um, you know, kind of rise to the occasion and, mm -hmm. and act as though they were an adult. So, yeah, I guess the first part of his question is interesting to me, and that is some children were forced into adulthood earlier than others, I, I guess, is the assumption. And Bran, yeah. Bran here is kind of being forced to play a prince or something along those lines. Yes. And so I would that child still be allowed to be a child? I think so. Yeah, I think there would be an understanding that the child was still a child. There's, for example, a Carolingian um, capitulary. This is like a text that was normative. It's it's meant to tell people how to behave and what they should do. And this text says children under 12 can't really properly take an oath or make legal decisions. So mm -hmm. in the example they're using is even a child who's inherited um, land or property may not be able to figure out how to dispose of it properly on their own. So there's kind of a recognition you could, in a way, be a lord at a very young age, hmm. but not necessarily have the kind of um, reasoning ability. And that's how they would have put it. They would have talked about someone's ability to reason, um, that you might not have re reached an age where you could reason well enough to engage in cert certain legal decisions. And so uh, there's kind of an understanding that they're still children, I think. I would also argue, I've argued this actually in an, in an article, that boys get a much longer childhood than girls. Uh, oh. Yeah, because girls, like the big mark of adulthood is you can have start to have children. Right. And that comes pretty young. And girls are sort of just expected and almost seen as like full-grown women at a younger age. Whereas for some boys, especially elite boys, their boyhood can last a long time. And there's that kind of idea, well, they'll do impulsive, foolish things, like even into their early 20s. You don't see that as much when the people just in texts when people are describing girls growing up. So with girls, uh, 
the transition to adulthood is biological. Whereas with boys, it's something else, it sounds like. Yeah, I think it's a little trickier with boys, right? Um, When it happens. And I think for boys who are not elite, they probably don't have the luxury of that. Right. Once you're old enough to say work, maybe in the field or, you know, you start to learn to work alongside, say, if your father's a blacksmith, Mm. that's very different. You might have to take on quite an adult role um, and engage in labor that's often pretty dangerous, actually, at a pretty young age. 